And now, the Andy Greenwald Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Gremlin Network. My name is Andy Greenwald. My guest today in the New York City studio is a singer, songwriter, guitarist. You might know him as a member of the rock and roll band The Strokes, but soon I hope you will know him as the creator of a fantastic solo album called Momentary Masters, which is out July 31st on Vagrant Records. Albert Hammond Jr., welcome. Thank you so much. That was why am I? I did exactly what I said I we, wouldn't we do. I went right that. into the microphone. Um, thank you for that amazing intro. I appreciate that. That's really the extent of my preparation. That's I hope it. That's right? okay. We're done. We're done. <laughs> it's a really good record, and here you are, and, and now it's time to go. No, I, I wanted to make sure you were as comfortable as possible with the microphone, with the Vibe Studio, before we even got into it. Yeah, I mean, it always. I feel like that might take me a second. You'll see me. Yeah. Making mistakes constantly throughout this interview. Oh, that's fine. Okay, well, let's start. I want to. I, I might I, grab the bottom. <laughs> grab, grab whatever you need. <laughs> Get up, walk around. Like this is all. This is experiential. Um, I want to talk about uh, the record first and foremost. Although I hope you don't mind, I'd like to talk about some of the some of the Strokes days and, and other things of like that. Um, Momentary Masters. It's a really terrific record, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you recorded it at home. Is that correct? Or in a? In I your, did. Your yeah. Home? My. Uh, I've. Uh, have a house upstate that has a, like a barn studio. This always seems to me initially like the best idea ever, but it also sounds fraught with just impossible distraction because you are literally at your house. So at any moment, if things get hard, you could be like, nah, I'm going to go play PlayStation or I'm going to go. Yeah, basically. But I mean, that's, I feel like you could do that anywhere. You know? Yeah, I that's mean, true. That's, it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, if you were isolated maybe somewhere in Montana, but even the studio there would probably have PlayStation. Distractions are going to happen no matter what, yeah. is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's more, I think it's just like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Since I was young, I wanted to have, I got a four track when mm-hmm. I was like 15, and I just always dreamt of having a studio, and so it was like a slow progression of building equipment from that four track. Don't ask me why I, I dreamt of it. I don't think there was like a real reason besides that it just... It's like a studio to me is like a spaceship. Yeah. You know, so I kind of wanted to own a spaceship. Well, you know, that's which still is a cool. That's <laughs> yeah. still possible. Yeah. Did you, were you inspired in the same way that, that I was? By I, spaceships? <laughs> by spaceships, because yeah. they're amazing. Um, I think I'm only a couple years older than you, but in the 90s, the 1990s. I remember those. I, I believe we were both fans of a band called Guided by Voices. Huge fan. And that was when I first became aware of the term four track and this idea that, oh, you can just do this with your friends and you can just hang out and make amazing songs and they don't have to sound professional. And so along with friends, I also bought a four track and that helped me learn that I was not cut out for making music and should never graduate to an eight track or a spaceship. <laughs> but did you have a similar thing? Like, was that empowering to suddenly realize that this was something Yeah, you could do? that was this. It's funny you, you bring them up because I always bring them up saying that they always ask you how it starts, and I always say, you know, Buddy Holly was like the first thing, time I fell in love with music, yeah. but Guided by Voices was what made it feel like it was possible. Yeah, absolutely. It gave me, I hadn't felt that way about a band that was new other than like the Beatles. Like I just felt like this extreme, I was like, they're doing what I hear in my head. Like it exists. It really I'm not there. alone. But I think that feeling of not being alone is a big it's a big thing in terms of music. Falling I think in, in terms music, of everything, but it's probably true. You know, that's why I think everyone's just afraid of being alone. But the thing for me, also, I wonder if you felt the same way with Guided by Voices, is that it was like discovering the best secret in the world. Because when sure. you, you hear B Thousand in like 1994, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, they have how many other records? And they're how old? And everything that released, it just came out like 
there was something else to discover and something else to find. And unlike, I mean, you mentioned the Beatles, those records were waiting for us to find when we were we came of age, but they were in our parents' cabinets, right? Like, this was a sure. whole secret history for us to discover. Yeah, of course. But it just had a similar dream aspect to me of, like... Um, and then Watch Me Jumpstart came out, yep. and I got to see it. It just, like, felt like... It just inspired me so much. I can't even describe how much that band and those songs inspired me. The, the first album I heard was Vampire and Titus, mm-hmm. actually, and it was Donkey School. I must have heard like 200 times in one night. I just couldn't believe. I don't know. Just really like it hit my. It hit me at a guttural level. It yeah. Just kind of like punched me in the stomach. Um. Yeah. Obviously, you've made a lot of. I'm music. just like reminiscing in my no, head. This is good stuff. But obviously, <laughs> silence. You've made a lot of. Yeah, silence is the best thing in podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I should warn you. Obviously, you've made a lot of music since discovering Guided by Voices. But I, I, I was thinking when I was listening to the new record, there are these little bursts of excitement or um, improvisation. Almost, you can listen. You can hear in the tracks if you're listening to them on headphones, and. A, that makes the songs all that much better, but B, it, it's not precious. You know, I wonder if that's something that you carried with you because I can't imagine wanting to be a musician and listening to the Beatles and not being enormously intimidated. But if you listen to Vampire and Titus, you're like, oh, the, the screw-ups are part of the charm. Yeah, I mean, but the, to me, the Beatles had that too. I didn't feel like... I don't know why I've just... I've, I'm sorry to have set up this interview as Beatles here. Got it by no, 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 because if anything, I, I understand that idea. I mean, that's definitely how like, you know, in the 70s with the Eagles and punk, it was kind of like... You were either right. the, in a band, just felt like this, you almost had to be too good. It was intimidating. So mm-hmm. some personalities just wouldn't even, they'd have to rebel against it and be like, well, screw all that. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> play one chord for an hour. Um, just yell. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I don't know, you were saying precious with, with the music. I feel like just, I don't know if them or just time has. I'm precious with it in the sense of creating and caring about it, but I'm less precious like, oh, I've made this and you don't like it and that hurts me. It's like, that doesn't affect me so much as it did in the beginning where I was like so worried yeah. what someone would say about it. Did recording at home in a safe space help with that too? Because, I mean, I I'd actually I don't know how long it took you to make this record, whether you were working on it in pieces over a long period of time or you... Just, you know, there's a yeah, there was like start and end date. We were like, this is no, there was the pieces. It, in total, it was probably like six weeks, but it was over a period of like five months, just because I was gathering the band over yeah. like one week stints up in the house. I think three weeks with the band and two weeks alone, two or three weeks alone. The thing that I that drew me in immediately about the record is it's just there's this exuberance about it, and it's particularly noticeable in um, in the melodies and in the just the amount of melodies you pack into each song and in the guitar playing. Um, Born Slippy was the first song I heard from it, and the the little bits. I mean, there's just little little grooves. There's a lot of little melodies. bits in there. It's just and it fill. It's filling in every little space, and it's yeah. just it's it's delightful, frankly. It's I remember really when I was coming up, because what I would do is I would I was coming up with uh, melodies, and sometimes you find words, and I would go and this was fun about working at home. It'd start in the morning, work for a few hours, and Gus would be in the studio editing other stuff that we'd already yeah. tracked, and I'd go I'd be like, oh, I want to try this, I'd be like. That was terrible. I don't know why I thought it sounded so good in the house. <laughs> you can be so excited and then get to the mic and be like, no, no, let's not do this. I'm sorry. Yeah. That happens so often. But then you have like these little other melodies that come in because you're just trying. You're keeping everything. And so you find different places to put them in. I don't know how that came about it, besides just, I felt like I had a, a different focus than I've had for other records. 
Well, I was going to ask about that, though, because obviously, and you, I, you've talked quite openly about this um, in previous interviews about you, a darker period you had. Um, the dark ages. The dark ages. And, you know, you are as well versed as I am in the cliches of when a musician. I am a cliche. Then, <laughs> that's the end of the interview. Is that cool? Uh, the cliche, I am. No, the, but the cliches of. Well, why do you say that? Because of the because because I am just every because you have that narrative arc. Just, I feel like if you yeah, just all the things that you could. When I poke fun of myself, I can just see all the, just all the cliches. But you have to be able to make fun of yourself a little bit, especially amongst friends. That's what kind of keeps everything light. If not, you can get too serious and into yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and then it gets weird. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't say that in in a negative way. It's just it's just uh, funny. I find it funny. It's like you know uh, why you can watch Spinal Tap and it makes you laugh. Because, and even if you watch it, you know you, you still have done stuff like that. Have you gotten? To, did you ever reach the Stonehenge level of indulgence and excess? Mm, no, not like that. I mean, that was. I don't remember that tour, if you did. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm picturing the Stonehenge coming down. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, what was I saying? Well, the reason I brought it up, first and foremost, though, was Who the fact I? that... We'll get to that. That's on my list of questions. Um, there's, the, there's the cliche that, that when a musician, particularly a rock musician, gets clean, that there's an edge that's lost somehow, you know? But I feel like what's one of the things that's so great about your new record is that it is so exuberant. It is so full of life, you know, and it feels so... I mean, I think you said a word like this a moment ago yourself. It feels very focused. And I feel yeah, like I mean, I definitely don't think I've lost... I've lost edge of anything. I have edge. <laughs> I mean, that's not the edge, not from YouTube, but... Which track does he play on? Yeah, on all of them. Um, I always felt that there was someone, my guitar teacher a long time ago said... Or he was like, oh, yeah, you know, have some beers before you play, but don't have too many that takes away the edge. Yeah. Um... And so I feel like I paid no attention to him, and I, I took my edge up completely. You had all the beers. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I can definitely put more attitude into things, or go into different emotions without actually having to go there. Easier now. I don't know. I, I really wanted to. I. It's so hard to put it. It's all these little baby steps that you're doing, yeah. and then you're trying to talk about it to someone, and you're. I'm like literally thinking back now at what I did, that what what I could say about what I did that would make sense or make it feel like something bigger than it might have just been nothing. I don't I don't know. It's so yeah. hard to look back unless someone videotaped it. And if someone did, I'd be like, no, 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 that'd be worse. <laughs> don't don't watch that. Well, but is there let's, let's let's go this way then. I mean, is there a song on Momentary Masters that you feel could not have been made the way it is all of them. five or six years ago? All of them. The whole thing. All of them. Even just from the way the spark, how it started um, from playing with this band through the EP because it started in the yeah. EP and funny these musicians that we play together we play new stuff and old stuff differently and I thought it we had a vibe together and just seeing what it'd be like and them putting in effort and then me coming back with the same amount I that I don't think that would have come about or maybe I would have stressed myself out where like I wouldn't have been as strong and as and just as as understanding like being able to accept let go and also to 
feel like I could make my point if I believed in something. I don't think I had that uh, that right. security in myself. Does that make sense? Well, in an interview I read that you did, you know, in the what last did few I do? years. <laughs> um, well, no, you. Oh boy. No, no, you, you said something that was really striking to me. And you were talking about the sort of the cycle that you were on for a number of years of with, with drinking and drugs, and but you said I think that at one point that when you actually went on tour, you you went cold turkey. Yeah, so, which that to me is 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 such a wild idea because so many musicians that I've spoken to or people that I've known that's when you f- people feel like they need it the most you know I definitely felt like I needed it I definitely did stuff but I just did I took the stuff that would have been been able to make it impossible to do shows I yeah. took that away right so I was just able to scrape by but it was terrible it would be like the anxiety that I lived with yeah. on the road just I do it now and I was like what was I <laughs> I was like what self-inflicted pain that I put onto myself and then made it feel like a victory when I overcame it. <laughs> it felt like, oh, what yes, courage right. I have. <laughs> you, you, because you built the speed bump and then you were so yeah. happy when you went over it. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, oh, God. Yeah. It's so silly. But um, I don't know. I, I felt... There's a mixture on this record. I really... I like the idea that I, what I do, part of it is entertainment. You know, part yeah. of it is to fulfill something in my life and people's lives the way it affects me it would affect other people so you have that part of the music so there's an excitement in that and what you want to do then you have the part of what you dream the record to do or where you 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 think you're going and then you make different layers when you're writing lyrics and melodies because those come at different times and so i feel like at first someone should hear the record feel it like it not like it and then over time you just you can find things you inside of it i don't i trying to explain every little not not i'm, I'm not saying that yeah. you did ask me that but i'm no, trying I, to explain every word sometimes gets i get uh i get confused myself right but the 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 overwhelming feeling from this record is one of, of it seems like a happy record it feels like one of contentment and that's without yeah, the no, backstory that's without talking about the uh the dark ages yeah well i mean <laughs> i uh, why i spoke of the dark ages was a huge time period i felt like when people asked me like Wow, so what were you doing? <laughs> How I you just been? felt like it was either like just some big lie or yeah. I thought if I told it right that maybe someone listening would be like affected by it. Like I was when I would see people when I was figuring stuff out talk about it. And I was like, Oh shit, I felt that way. Like yeah. like kinda like gives you a connection to something. That's the only reason why I, why I would talk about it. I it's not like uh, the stories are fun because I can talk about them now, but I don't. Uh, I definitely don't ever want to. I don't wish it upon anyone. <laughs> right? No, I can understand that. Let Let's go. Let's go back in time a little bit, even pre Dark Ages. I don't know what those would. Those the would be golden called. years. <laughs> the golden years. Yeah. Um, the golden age. Uh, I was reading. I reread this morning um, a review I hadn't read in like. 15 years, which is the enemy's single of the week review of Hard to Explain. And I don't think I've... The only time I've read words like that, I think, were in books of, like, Greek mythology, the way they wrote about your band and that song. And it was really exciting because, you know, that was before you could just sample it online. And so when enemies, whose business was hyperbole, would write these words, yeah. it was like, oh, my God. But it really did seem like you guys arrived at a moment when everyone was desperate for you to arrive. And I wondered if you felt aware of that even before the wave hit. Um, 
their wording is always intense. Maybe being American, you just you speak differently, but it's always just like whoa, 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 calm down. Oh, they said you were yeah, a comet <laughs> like, rare like, blaze. Like, I mean. You know, like, you're going to make people hate us. <laughs> Is that the first thought? I hate us, <laughs> just from reading this. Um, no, I felt uh, it's going to sound strange and almost, like, not believable, but when I moved to New York and I ran into Julian and I went to the practice space and I met everyone, we started to do things, I just felt like there was, it was like, I don't know because it was 2000, but it was like a time's going to come and people are going to want to change. And we were just like right there. I didn't realize that it would be that. And maybe it was just a fantasy in my dreams. Yeah. But I definitely felt something. But then again, it happened. So I can talk about it now. Maybe if it didn't, I'd be like, I felt something and nothing happened. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. You know? Yeah. Um, but it felt pretty magical when I met all those guys. You know, it felt pretty, pretty special. If they made it into a movie, they would make it overtly special, or it'd be like something would happen, like yeah, you know, the, the over the would, top. The sun would break out over the Brooklyn Bridge, <laughs> yeah. and you guys would all high five in slow motion, yeah. jump in the air and freeze frame. Um, you were in boarding school away from this country, right? For prior to that point, like you were. No, I just went for I went for a year when I was thirteen, oh, almost a year, thirteen to fourteen. So high school and all that that was that was here. That was no, it was in Los Angeles. I went to ninth. Through twelfth grade was in Los Angeles. Eighth grade was in boarding school. So you were away from New York. That's all I'm getting at. Because yeah, I, but I grew up in LA though. I was, the only, one totally grew, I was the only one who grew up I in didn't LA. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So for you, so was New York? I'm glad you didn't realize that. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh my God, you poser this whole time. <laughs> this is this is blowing the lid off everything. <laughs> um, so did you carry that sort of mythological vision of New York City that that came that? that many people, you know, found in the first Strokes record that certainly the journalists of NME found no, in that Strokes record? None of it. You had none of the, 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 no, the romance? No, I didn't the... like... I, the first time I read anything about CBGB's was the Please Kill Me. Uh-huh. And it was the first year of... It was 1999. I found it in a store and I was in college. And it was it was an amazing read because it's all like these interviews. And it was really exciting, but it was like too soon to incorporate it into what we would do if anything it just makes you excited you're just trying to absorb all bands that were doing stuff because you're trying to figure out how to do it how do you yeah. play a show how do you do this like what like how the, do you start literally the nuts and bolts like yeah. how do you make this a life so like um not how do you become legendary no like no <laughs> i assume that came you later. don't really no that's not really <laughs> in your head um and then when they started saying bands that we didn't even know or really listen to right it was always weird like i didn't really know television yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't really, besides Marky Moon, but it wasn't, we never once, when we were making Is This It, we never once quoted television to Gordon. Mm -hmm. We quoted Guided by Voices mm -hmm. for like the guitar coming in of modern age. It was like, make that guitar sound like when it comes in like a salty salute. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes in big or a lot of John Lennon double fantasy drum sounds that we liked. Mm -hmm. Like Is This It drum sound was trying to get the double fantasy drum sound. Um... There was some Cars references and stuff like that, and Bob Marley. It was more GBV than people like to like to know. There was like maybe a spirit in in New York, or maybe because we were banned and it reminded people of that time. Yeah, they always said the Velvet Underground, and I thought I love the Velvet Underground, but we never sounded anything like no. them to me. Anything, you know? They, I think they sound amazing, and I've always wanted to sound like them or have a song like them, but I don't think we do. But I think maybe we have something that people. But there's always been that amazing disconnect in in I was going to say pop music, but in popular music, where between the the, the vision 
and the spirit and the music itself, you know, and people fall in love with one or the other and they don't always sync up. But, no, but no, and you have no control. It's not and you like, guys can't control that part. No, not at all. Because even when you say it, no one really listens to you. No one's listening. I remember one time I was wearing it's. It was ridiculous. I was wearing a tie that was like it was actually Julian's dad that he had given it to him, and it was a red one that I wear all the time, and it's pretty big. And he was and the guy at the radio station was like, "And here you guys are with your skinny ties." And we both looked at each other like, "This is hilarious." It's like yeah. they're just whatever we're doing, they're just ignoring it to fit their their box. Did, I keep on hitting this. Thing. That's the producer's just like. He's, you know, he did, he did the best he could. Um, did that make you guys self-conscious early on? Because you never betrayed any of that. Um, no, but I think it kind of like, I mean, you can't, it can be frustrating, but it's also how you, you're getting successful. So at the same time, you don't really think of it. You just kind of laugh at it. But then it definitely affects you. People see you in a, a certain way and you feel like, it wasn't like that at all. And then time only creates more of a myth to it than anything. Do you have a, a particular memory from those years where where you remember it being like, okay, the rocket ship is going up. Like this is the mo- this is so f- funny and fun at the same time that this is actually happening. Or was it? Or all those years like that? It was constantly baby steps of something positive happening, and then eventually, like little like what you thought was a hiccup. Um, especially like with because last night. Even though we were told we wouldn't have success, had had our most success yep. for a single. So then afterwards, getting radio that was always like a frustrating game. Is almost like it was someone's fault or something. And I feel like uh, I mean, if something, we're, we're like if something pretty, hit radio or not? Or? Yeah, well, it's like it didn't. Nothing really hit afterwards. And what's funny is we're a pretty successful band for not having any yeah, you know, hits on the radio. <laughs> you know, which is kind of funny. It's almost like we're like this became like a cult band but a but big but a big cult band yeah. i mean i, I but was it's still i always still feel like that people always say like oh you're big and it's like i feel like our name <laughs> is bigger than what you think how big we actually are because i know other bands and the know bands are a lot bigger than us it is true though the name of your band has become a catch-all for a certain thing and yeah. a type of thing and what people want and and i even remember i mean the music industry has obviously changed dramatically even since, oh my God. since those days but i was at spin at the time and i remember reading your first the first single reviews, you know, and and NME, and then we got the advances, and then there was this palpable, tactile hunger to get you guys on the cover. And it was like, when is the earliest that we could plausibly do this? Like, do they have to have an album out? <laughs> like, do they have yeah, to have I had a radio that, hit? Like, people wanted that so badly, and this is the whole industry wanting it. And this is, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine what anyone would do for a rock band today, but, like... They definitely felt like they wanted to consume us definitely like a lot of lot of photos <laughs> a lot of photos a lot of photos um which weirdly enough as a band which is you know how you have to take it because we that's what we were it it didn't uh it exposed us to people which is good but it's also that wasn't our strongest point is dealing with that kind of attention are there things looking back that you would do differently in the like if you break things up in eras, but like the first three strokes record era? I mean, my the only things I would ever do differently are, you know, practice more, <laughs> or get less entangled into relationships, stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't. I feel like those things would have just led to a better result in things, or less worry or fighting or. I mean, you always do that, though. I feel like that's 
it's almost so I, it's it'll never happen so it's so easy to say like oh, i would do this yeah i can't imagine you as you get older you you know like 70 i'm like i go back and i would enjoy every moment were you were you able to enjoy moments i mean i i've talked to people who have had i don't know i don't know if know. i was able to enjoy it i don't know because you don't you can only look what did i say once like life is just a series of things that go by like so you could to, yeah. to see them is you can only see them backwards you're you're like man that was fun or that was like i i miss that but it's cuz you know it's gone but it's also cuz you i i i find when i talk to people who have had like enormous success or fle- you know not fleeting but sudden let's just put it that way um that you'd never really it can be destabilizing for any number of reasons but one of the biggest being you never know where you are on the ride like you don't know if you're going up here if this is the most fun happy you guys will be as a group if you've started to go down in terms of your chemistry in terms of your relationships there's no way of actually marking that time in the moment yeah i mean the most fun is definitely like beforehand all the rumble and then you hit points and it's just like these cherries on top of already being excited you're like oh wow we actually that dream we thought of it actually like got there well which is that dream for example like what was a dream well, I mean, it was a baby steps, you know, from wanting to play Mercury Lounge to wanting to get signed to wanting right. to be able to tour to wanting to be able to live off it. Could we entertain people and have that be our, our living? Could we be in the music business? I, I, but I feel like it. That I don't know if that ever stops. I feel that now yeah. with this album. I feel like I made it with the idea, like, can I do this? Can I stand on my own two feet kind of thing, you know, in this in this world that i love this you know i guess business how do you feel about the business as a business because we both agreed that it has changed a lot and you've seen all sides of it now i mean i mean that's such a i feel like such a long discussion of back and forth about trying to figure stuff out how do i feel about it it's it's different i feel like you're no longer in the position to rebel in the same way i feel like when rock was this popular thing and you sold lots of records it was very easy to go around and be like you know you and do what i want because you're just like you control everything now you you're much you you work with a lot of people who are in who aren't like so much your boss or corporate it's more like a mutual thing like we're trying to achieve something we're all trying here you know so it's like it feels different it feels that way it just feels different i don't know I don't know if that's... It's hard to tell, though, too, because I've also been through it a bunch. So maybe it's... To someone starting out, it's not different. It's what they know. I feel like we should get that person together with you, and you can talk about, like, the expense account dinners that they were taken out for to be signed and the ones that you guys were taken out for, and I feel like that's... For sure. Well, 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 you definitely see that. That also comes from not selling as many records. Right. Um, I mean, it's definitely... It's always frustrating to talk about... Um, selling records and then being t- taken as like you just want to have money mm-hmm. it just doesn't I don't understand that conversation to me it, I mean if you make something you like something I, I've never bought an album that I like and regretted having got it yeah <laughs> I've never been like well that I, was a bummer I wish I had that $11 back <laughs> you know anything um, if anything I feel like it's easier now than before I think there was a time with CDs where maybe you liked a single on radio and you bought it and it was a terrible record but now you can pre-listen to a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can buy just one song. So I feel like it's almost gone back to how it was in the 50s when you see pictures of people listening to vinyl in stores. Yeah. And I feel like you can 
you can experience a lot more of the person before you invest your time and money into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's feels like a better way of getting, I guess, the, the fan getting screwed over. Are, are they... Yeah, I, I'll buy that. But I, 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 my opinion how, changes constantly, so I feel like I can say one thing and someone will ask me, and I'll be like, oh, what did I say? We'll circle back at the end of the interview. <laughs> um, but as a fan yourself, have you found your own interest or engagement with music changing at all in, in, over the past few well, years? I don't I mean, buy CDs. I usually right. just buy vinyl, and that comes with like a download code. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you made that sound very romantic, <laughs> the download code. You go up to the artist you admire. I just copped your latest download code. <laughs> yeah. Your download code. It's nice. Yeah, it's, um, work on that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's still romance and things. Um, you know, it'll always find a way. It'll, like, I feel like in playing playing shows, you kind of get that. It's definitely, like, everything's more based on doing shows now. Right. Which is, which is exciting, but it's... Uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to think about it as we're talking. No, I it's just fine. Like, I, I'm just wondering I, I'm, about. I'm the, like doing it, so it's so hard. You're to, living it, man. It's just I'm gonna always see it differently. Someone yeah. makes movies; they experience movies in a different way. That's true. A doctor but, experiences other doctors in a different way, or experiences having a, like a cold. A different yeah, way. you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but that's better. But you know, we we, we what well, you said at the beginning about um, something I completely understand and relate to about you know finding music you love and it makes you feel a little bit less alone in the world a lot of what i i i'm what i get from you these days is that you found ways to be less alone that aren't related to music you know i you're you're married now you live outside the city i know from 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 other interviews and things that you you have passions that don't involve guitars like like scuba diving and these are very you know these are fairly different i think things i mean has that fulfilled you in a different way have, did, well i mean by my life has granted me, or success has granted me, the ability to do certain things, um, try different things out, and have time to ponder about things. So I guess I've just, before, kind of wasted it, and now I just got curious about things and then wanted to try different things out so you're not just stuck repeating yourself over and over again. Do you feel that you wasted the time? I mean, is that, is that how you look at that now, or do you just not look at it at all? It's just a non you don't you're not growing <laughs> during that time. Yeah. You know, so uh I don't know, I don't know if anything can be wasted because it's where it's why I'm where I'm at now and it's why I've created what I can and it's like, you know, and human constantly making tons of mistakes. So it's just like it keeps coming just in different in different ways. We talked about how the British press uh, took a lot of excitement and uh, passion uh, from the early Stroke stuff. I was thrilled with this record that you took something back from England and that you reclaimed the words Born Slippy from Underworld. I need to know how and why that phrase uh, came back to you in that way. Uh, it just... Um, I liked its sentiment. And I would just fit... You know, just sometimes, sometimes things just come out. I definitely grew up with that song. It hit hit me at a time where I'm not a huge fan of like after a minute and a half when it goes into like a yeah, drum and beat the, the lager, lager but I just part love the, I just love the the opening the, of that song the, yeah the, the and the, especially the chords I think maybe at the beginning of the song I had a similar feel to that and so you always write like rough 
titles for stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, call it different things. And then when I was just writing, I just, it just fit to say Born Slippy. I wasn't even going to use, I wasn't even going to say Born Slippy in yeah. the song. And then it just worked. Because I don't think they do. I don't think it's ever no, said they don't. the song. No, no. Um, and then, I don't know, it felt like it had been, some people know what that is and some people don't. It felt like it had been over 20 years. Yeah, it's free. It's, you know? it's in the public domain. Uh, Not technically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't, sometimes if I feel something works, it doesn't really, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't really bother me. I don't really think of it. It's like, yeah, okay, they used it. That's I what used it, it. I thought it. I thought it worked really well. Yeah. I didn't find anything that could could beat that. I didn't think I took something that... No, I, they were going to come over and be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Can you imagine these three like late fifties English? Yeah, anything, I'd love to. Uh, they, you know what's funny is they were playing Primavera. I feel like they hadn't toured in forever, and they yeah. were playing the weekend that I was there, and I was like, "I got to go speak to them." This is your I, moment. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find them. I couldn't find yeah, them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> you didn't look very hard, but. What was it like getting these songs up in front of people? I'd, I'd forgotten that you had just done that show. Oh, we had just done two. It was uh, it was amazing. I got this um, just rush to hear them. I almost couldn't believe that they were <laughs> coming out because we had yeah. practiced them before. And yeah. until it's always like a first few weeks of starting a tour with new songs where you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, all these new things happening and sounds you, you haven't heard. Uh, but it was just so exciting. Like it made me want to just get on the bus and go and play more play more of them because the two that I was able to play I like them but I have so many other songs that I want to play from the record you know yeah do you feel like this is a it, the way you talk about it seems like this is a, a this is a cliche to say this but it's kind of like a beginning like it, it does seem like yeah uh, you're starting something new here and there's a like I said before but there's well that's what it feels like now who knows where it's yeah that's go. right do you have that f- same feeling that you had with the strokes 15 years ago do you think something big is coming <laughs> because now we can put it on record yeah, and then no, in two years you could be like well <laughs> I made a mistake <laughs> I was no I do Ooh. feel really good about it I feel like for as much control as you can have over something yeah you put something out and feel positive about and feel excited to promote and feel like it can affect people and be successful. I, I I don't think I could have a better feeling about it than this record. From from everything, from the title to the artwork to the songs, lyrics and melodies, you know. And that, I and feel I quite strong about it. I did want to uh, be sure to mention that you have this great Dylan cover on the, oh, yeah. on the record, which is just beautiful. And this is yeah. you do, don't think twice. It's all right, which is a song that many people know, and I, I think it would be daunting to to tackle. But your version of it is really beautiful and really Thanks. fresh sounding. Thanks. Um, yeah, well, because his is acoustic, and yeah. I made it. It would be daunting if I was like, I'm going to cover Dylan's song. But it was, it was for Dylan Fest. My friends do this thing called Petty Fest and Dylan oh, Fest. Yeah. And and we were going to Dublin, and I was like, I don't want to just cover Dylan's song. I want to change it up a bit. So I was like struggling, playing songs. Like, what could I do? And I found this this beat, and I was like, oh, that makes this little more the beat made it a little more modern and then i heard these melodies like when the song starts you don't know it's don't think twice the only reason why you know is the words and the melody i suddenly know they even play the chords a little differently yeah and all the middle section parts are all different actually one of my favorite parts is that whole ascending solo after the first verse that happens twice um yeah so i just found these things and it just uh it excited me so i feel like maybe that's that came across and then i found the right phrasing for the vocal i feel like that was a big thing yeah I sang it at first it was like you know you're trying to get it away from he has such a he sings his songs 
so much character that yeah. it's really really hard to cover I, I didn't want to feel like 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 an <laughs> who was taking a song and just butchering it you know what I mean so I I felt like uh, that was hard I had to like hear it from other people before I could really let go what do you think it is like I, I, I I'm sure you're the same way I listen to a lot of music a lot of different kinds of music but it but there is something at the end of the day where, where it's the way the chords work in a guided by voices song and a Tom Petty song in some of the songs on your record like losing touch like it just clicks like that is it makes you feel good like that is what I want to hear and it it seems so simple and yet it, if it was simple more people would be doing it right yeah exactly I don't and another thing I don't know what it is I feel like that's constantly what I'm trying to figure out right <laughs> um, you'd be surprised at how many times a song that click with people like might not have been the one that I thought yeah would have clicked or or then I hear it like like someone else might. It's just, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything, to be honest. I really, <laughs> I feel like I just try to consume things and stay curious about things because uh, I feel like in a good way, I find myself to be constantly wrong, which I, I enjoy. <laughs> and then that constantly makes for big changes. And then that, uh, that's been keeping things exciting. So, But I do wish I knew that. If you knew it, then all this would be a lot easier, right? Then you could just you just have. I don't know if it'd be easier, or if it'd just be boring. Yeah, because then you could just bang it out. And you know, like people ask, like, do you still get nervous before you go on stage? And I was like, if I didn't get nervous before I played, I'd, I'd have no feelings. <laughs> I'd be. Yeah. I, you know, I'd not be all, like, not all nerves. Hi, are, I'm Albert. <laughs> but, but not all nerves are bad nerves. That's the one thing yeah, that I think people the, don't realize. It's like not like, all anxiety is bad. Not anxiety. all anxiety it's, is bad anxiety. It's, it's a natural it's, thing. Anxiety is letting you know that you're alive, kind of thing too. So it's not like. A, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to feel things. Um, though sometimes I feel a little, I can feel overly sensitive to things. I think, I think I pickled myself a little bit there. No, I think you did all right, because I think you have to feel things is a really good place to wrap up. Uh, I feel like what better advice could we give people other than to listen to Momentary Masters when it's released on July 31st on Vagrant. See the way it's full circle now? Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's a really I'm great... watching you. I'm like, yes. It, just say it. Say the, it. say the name right. <laughs> Albert Hammond Jr., such a pleasure to talk to you and best of luck pleasure with the record. Pleasure to talk to you too, man. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on Podcasts.